Welcome to Bible Fiber. I am Shelley Neese, president of the Jerusalem Connection, a Christian organization devoted to sharing the story of the people of Israel, both ancient and modern. We have finished the Minor Prophets, and we are gearing up for the Reformers Ezra and Nehemiah before we tackle the Major Prophet, Ezekiel. But before I switch modes entirely, I'm doing a mini-lecture series, a Prophets 101 class. Previously, I discussed the institution of the prophetic office in the Bible. And last week, I explored the Jewish understanding for why prophecy ceased after Malachi. Today, I want to investigate the Christian understanding of prophecy today. The best place to start is the introduction to the book of Hebrews. The author of Hebrews is hyper aware that in the second temple period, the Mosaic law and Hebrew scriptures are understood to be the ultimate divine revelation to the Jewish people. He writes, the law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming. He explains how divine revelation came first in the form of the prophets and holy scriptures, but it reached its zenith in the incarnation. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the worlds. He is the reflection of God's glory in the exact imprint of God's very being, and he sustains all things by his powerful word. The language of all Hebrews offers a rich Christology, as Christ is both the one who God sent and the one who God will send again. However, the book is also firmly rooted in the message of the prophets, quoting and alluding to Isaiah, Jeremiah, Habakkuk, and Haggai. When Hebrews uses the expression, long ago, the author may be giving a side glance to the hundreds of years that have passed since the time of Malachi. He is also connecting the new beliefs of the followers of Jesus to the ancient faith of Judaism. What the prophets of the past preach paved the way for the revelation of the gospel. As a result, nothing of the Hebrew scriptures is invalidated by the new movement of Jesus' followers. Faith in Jesus is a continuation, a fulfillment of all the biblical instruction that preceded Jesus. The same God who moved in the history of their ancestors and spoke through the prophets revealed himself through his son. Scholar Michael Byrd in his book, Evangelical Theology, says incarnation means God sent not a messenger from God to humans, but the one mediator who is both God and human. The word of God being made flesh was a theology still in its embryo stage at the time Hebrews was written. But the understanding of Christ's divinity rapidly advanced as the gospel spread, capturing hearts and changing lives. Following the doctrinal statement of Hebrews 1.1, the writer compiles a medley of prophetic quotations, mostly from the Psalms, that have the angels worshiping Jesus as the ultimate divine revelation, superior to them in every way. Jesus, appointed heir of all things since the time of creation, both preceded the prophets on a metaphysical level and fulfilled the prophets on an earthly level. Jesus existed outside of history and at a marked moment in history. Paul summarizes these difficult concepts as a mystery revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God. The size and scope of the gospel message exist on a cosmological and supernatural scale, while also being firmly planted in the religious traditions of Judaism. 
Hebrews also means to contrast Christ's supremacy with the previous forms of special revelation, which were powerful, but not in the same orbit as the revelation of the Son. Ram, comparing the first covenant to new covenant revelation, says Jesus Christ is the supreme word of God above all other forms of the word of God. The prophets, though wonderful and timeless, only stood as mediators between God and humanity. Jesus was not a mediator. Jesus was and is one with the Father. For this reason, Jesus exceeds all other modes of revelation. He was not God in human word, but God with a human face. The author of Hebrews emphasizes God's self-revelation through speaking, when referencing the type of revelation given through the prophets and through the Son. God spoke to our ancestors and has spoken to us by his Son. The one true God, the creator of the universe, and the covenant maker with Israel may be unseen, but he was never unheard. Establishing that the Incarnation is on another level of special revelation from the prophetic office, it is important to note, too, that Jesus, during his ministry on earth, was most consistently called a prophet. Initially lacking a category for the person of Jesus, the prophets were a prototype that Jesus' followers could understand. Prophet was their conceptual framework, even if he surpassed every previous notion of a prophet. During Jesus' earthly ministry, he had the public persona of a prophet. Like Elijah the prophet, he was a healer. Like Moses, he was a rescuer. Like Jeremiah, he was condemned for truth-telling. Like Amos, he shed light on the plight of the marginalized. Prophets called the people to return to the covenant. Jesus launched a new covenant. Prophets defended the poor and vulnerable. Jesus brought the kingdom into their homes. Prophets condemned empty religious ritual and inadequate temple sacrifice. Jesus defended the sanctity of the temple, which he called my house. The prophets narrated their symbolic visions. Jesus taught in parables. Prophets warned of physical exile. The saving work of Jesus ended spiritual exile. According to N.T. Wright, while the evangelists hint at various typologies that are applied to Jesus— ranging from New Moses to New David, there's characteristic emphasis on Jesus as a prophetic figure. At least twice, Jesus referred to himself as a prophet, Matthew 13, 57 and Luke 13, 33. Yet what became clear with time was that Jesus was not only a prophet, but he was the prophet promised to Moses long before. The Church of Acts held Jesus up as the prophet long foretold. As the fullness of the resurrection came to be understood, his followers came to regard him as far more than a prophet, but they never saw him as less. In Judaism, when the prophetic office ended with Malachi, the baton was passed from prophet to Torah scholar, as exemplified in the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. In Christianity, Jesus was the ultimate prophet and the fulfillment of all prophetic revelation. I want to avoid one pitfall in this discussion, so my interpretation of the Christian understanding of prophecy today will not look anything like replacement theology. Teaching about fulfillment of the prophets and the law on Jesus is like walking a tightrope over the dangerous waters of supersessionism. I do not intend to take Israel and the Jewish prophets out of their own story. God disclosed himself to Abraham and his descendants trying to reconcile himself first to one people and then to the world. 
Language is important in this context. The language of promise and fulfillment better serves the fidelity of God than the rhetoric of replacement or supersession. The prophetic purpose of human agents sent as divine mediators was fulfilled in Christ. However, the message of the prophets was also catered to their own contemporaries, specific to their unique struggles in their own place and time. Yet, the sacrifice of Hosea, the tenderness of Micah, and the indignation of Amos inspire all who fear God. Their calls to meet God's standard of justice and morality apply just as much to Christians today as ancient Israel. Rabbi Abraham Heschel explains, what begins theoretically as faith in the prophets moves and grows to be faith with the prophets, an experience that bears out for every believer in every generation who engages with the prophetic writings. That is why Christians love the prophets on their own terms, not only for insights about Jesus. In the book of Luke, when the righteous Simeon saw infant Jesus in the temple courts, he proclaimed him a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The most edifying theological discussions around the topic of prophecy today stay within the parameters laid out by Simeon. Christ provided revelation to the Gentiles and glory to Israel. Thank you for listening, and please continue to participate in this Bible reading challenge. Next week is our last Prophets 101 session. We are going to talk about the product of Revelation, the Bible, and the democratization of Revelation at Pentecost. For all of the biblical references each week, please see the show transcript on our blog or by signing up for our emails at thejerusalemconnection.us. I don't say all the references in the podcast, but they're all in the transcript. Send me a message, I'll respond. Bible Fiber is available on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. Shabbat Shalom.